Ohio State looks beatable. Iowa looks really beatable. It was a fun week one. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, welcome into Locked On at Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. We've got a good show, as always, lined up for you today. And thank you, as always, for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single weekday. It was a hectic first week to the Big Ten season. We're going to start with, of course, Ohio State and Notre Dame, and then work through what was mostly a pedestrian set of games. And for most of the Big Ten fans, nothing too eventful, but... For a couple of teams, and one in particular, it was especially weird. We'll get to the Iowa game later on. But we'll start out with Ohio State and Notre Dame, of course. This was the premier matchup of the weekend. Ohio State gets the win 21-10 over Notre Dame. Just a couple of the stats before we get into anything else. C.J. Stroud, 223 yards, two touchdowns. Notre Dame's Tyler Buckner, 177 yards, no touchdowns, no picks or anything like that. Ohio State loses Jackson Smith in Jigba in the first quarter of this game. I'll get to more on that later on. Jeremiah Henderson, 15 for 91. Mayan Williams, 14 for 84 and a touchdown as well. He looked really good. Everyone looked pretty efficient in the, fa- in the passing game in Jackson Smith in Jigba's pre- absence too. So that was encouraging. Eight, uh, the Irish punted on 8 of 10 possessions. The first half was the only time Notre Dame got really much of anything going. Ohio State shut them down in the second half. This was a game in which, though, Notre Dame took that lead into halftime. 10-7 to then. Notre Dame would not score again. Ohio State beats them by 14 in the second half. But it was a bad first half. I want to say that and make sure that's very, very clear. But at least as things stand right now, I'm still at a pretty good point with where Ohio State is at on both sides of the football. One, because of that second half. Ohio State came out, outscored Notre Dame by 14 points, held on defense, looked amazing, which was the biggest question mark overall going into this game about what we would see here. The offense wasn't supposed to be any sort of bad day. They did. They didn't have the best of starts, but given what they did in the second half and given what that defense did throughout, I'm still feeling okay about this if I'm an Ohio State fan. And of course, that 17-point spread can't let you get away too much from the fact that they beat the number five team in the country going into this season in its first game of the season. And of course, for Notre Dame too, but it was impressive. It was an impressive win for Ohio State and one that they didn't need to be completely honest. They had the clear route to the college football playoff without having to play a Notre Dame early on, but they got the job done. Uh, Notre Dame leading half, of course, not what you expected out of this game by any means necessary, of course, but it it was just something where Ohio State came out really slow. C.J. Stroud did have some bad, bad passes in that first half, but losing Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think, does take a little bit of a 
I guess, edge away from Ohio State, especially to start this season. I mean, you imagine C.J. Stroud in that first game would lean on his number one guy if anything did start to go sour, and Ryan Day would too. But instead, he's out in the first quarter. Ohio State has to try and figure that out. And by the time they got out of the locker room at halftime, Ohio State ended up playing, in a lot of ways, kind of a perfectly fine Ohio State game. Again, beat them by 14 in the second half without Jackson Smith and Jigba out there. So at least going into the next game, I think you got to be pretty happy. At Notre Dame leading at the half, of course, not what we expected of Ohio State. Uh, maybe you thought Notre Dame was going to be able to win this game or that it wouldn't be the 17 points that it was. And you're right. Uh, it ends up being an 11-point final. But as far as what Notre Dame did, I, I thought it proved itself. But as I've said, I think Ohio State, by the end of this game, really did prove that it is that good and can be that good, even not at full strength, without its best wideout out there. But I do think that while I give all the praise to Ohio State for beating Notre Dame, the conversation would be much different here if they hadn't even gotten that last drive at the end to go up two possessions. Because that changes a lot here. Even if Ohio State, of course, wins the game still. Without that last drive, you're looking at a 14-10 to 10 final in a game that you thought you were going to go into and absolutely dominate a team that the experts believed you were quite a bit better than. And I still am not off that train. That Ohio State's still great, of course, but that they are that better than Notre Dame even. But Notre Dame put up a really good fight. I think they proved themselves plenty in this game. The story, however, for us, is that Ohio State had a bad half and proved it at the end enough, at least to have me confident enough going into the rest of the season. Um, if it was any other team, I'd be asking more questions. But Ohio State put together the second half to make me confident, that drive at the end to make me confident, and while the Jackson Smith and Jigba side of things is interesting, I'm not too concerned about him losing the time either. We learned that he has something that could last multiple weeks. And to me, again, if it was any other team, I'd say, oh, okay, yeah, let's go. But e even if he's gone, say, week four against Wisconsin or week five against Michigan State, a couple of big games to start off the Big Ten season for these Buckeyes, What's the difference as far as your odds to win that game? Now, to be an upset team? Absolutely. As far as if you're looking at it from the spectrum of any given Saturday, any Big Ten team can go in and upset any other, then yes, you're right. Jackson Smith and Jigba gives your individual team a whole lot of hope that on the one Sunday it or Saturday, it plays it it can get that win, that big, big upset win. But when I'm thinking about it from like the helicopter view and trying to pick out, okay, which one of the teams is going to be the one who can have a real shot at being an Ohio State if he's out there, out, out of the game, and take advantage of that, it still just comes down to whoever's has the, having the best day. Like I can't say that like Michigan State has a better chance at it or worse than Wisconsin confidently just because I think Ohio State is that good. It was good to see the wide receivers without him look okay, look functional. So that adds to some of the confidence as well. 
but really it's just the fact that Ohio State has earned the trust. They've earned the trust of being able to go out on offense and pretty much roll over anyone they're going to face to an extent. They did not do that against Notre Dame, but I'd argue in the second half they kind of did, and I wouldn't be that that concerned about Ryan Day being able to score some points on the upcoming schedule. Now, I will say that I think that if there was another test coming up for Ohio State, like relatively quickly, then there might be something to discuss here. But the fact that this is the first game, even with Smith and Jigba out, there's going to be a couple of weeks here of warm-ups before you get to that Wisconsin game where it could end up being something that matters. I think by then Ohio State has something figured out to at least combat the Badgers. I mean, if you're going into that game, it was a 17-point spread against a Notre Dame team that's really good. And maybe the 17 wasn't fair, that's true. But a 17-point spread ends up beating them by 11. What's Wisconsin getting? It's not going to be any line that makes you feel confident going into the game. It's not going to touch single digits. If that's it, I'm going to put money on it. But as far as your team, if you're a Wisconsin or a Michigan State fan, say for those games, yeah, you should be more confident. Because it ups the chances that you can be the upset team if you have your day and Ohio State does not have its. And that's why we play the games and all those cliches. But to be fair, I don't think Ohio State is going to slip up in that manner just given the talent. This is the best group of wide receivers in the country. Just not not only the best wide receiver in the country in him. So him being out, I'm not too worried about. The offense being out, I'm not too worried about. I say, until it happens again, no worries for me. This was the number five team in the country. Ohio State put them to bed. That's all it is. Now, while Ohio State took care of business, I, I guess they did too, but Iowa took a weird route to get there against South Dakota State. That's going to come up here in a moment on Locked On Big Ten. First, though, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. It is the favorite sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network, if you ask me and a lot of hosts around there, too. We love Built Bar. Built Bar loves us. It's an outstanding relationship the two of us have. You can head on over to Built.com right now and check out the newest flavor from Built Bar. Their newest puff, it is cookie dough covered in chocolate Built has done it again. The cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's always the way it is. If you want to go over there and try them out or get back more, if you've already tried out the Built Bars, you can head over again to Built.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON15. That's different from what we used earlier. LOCKEDON15, not just LOCKED15 anymore. We got you typing two more keys. Hope that's okay. Locked on 15 for 15% off your order over at built.com. All right. Well, I mentioned that Ohio State's offense had earned the trust in what it had done before. If there is maybe an opposite of that team as far as contenders in the Big Ten go, it may be the Iowa Hawkeyes. Wisconsin makes a pretty good run for it, too. But Iowa put on a show to start off the season, and it was not a pretty one. Final score, 7-3 against South Dakota State. Ohio, Iowa comes out with 10 first downs on offense. 
Uh, Petrus was 11 for 25, 109 yards, 120 total yards allowed by Iowa on defense. Of course, always great there for the Hawkeyes. 160 yards, though, on the other side is not ideal. It was, to be quite honest, in my opinion, one of the most Big Ten games that we'll have all season. It just wasn't against a Big Ten team. I don't know what to take away from this game against Iowa, except for the fact that we're going to have another really fun Big Ten season on our hands. I have no idea whether or not Iowa is going to be able to put things together by the time they have a meaningful game this season, whether or not it's going to matter with the rest of the Big Ten West and what it will do. I don't think this looks good, of course. Again, it's a competitive game that you played against an FCS team. But as far as what I can take from it going forward, I kept racking my brain and looking at the stats and thinking about what I saw, and I was just like, I have absolutely no idea. And I think that's really beautiful. And to be completely honest, that's the way you want it, if you're a Big Ten fan. Not if you're an Iowa fan, of course. But this is the way it's been for Iowa, and I think this is, when I say the most Big Ten-ish of games we're going to have this season, I mean that when you look at what was this game, it was what you think about when you think about Big Ten football. It was a team like Iowa putting up a game like this, and the Hawkeyes did it. But... I'm a Big Ten guy, and I know what you want out of this. So we'll go just throughout the entire game, drive by drive, starting with Iowa, and then back and forth from there. Punt. Punt. Missed field goal. Punt. 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 Field goal. Punt. 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 Interception. Field goal. End of half. And in an even more impressive second act, punt, 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 safety, fumble, punt, 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 safety, punt, turnover on downs, end of game. I, I got to be honest, it looks even better than it sounds uh, on paper. If you want to go look on ESPN or wherever you check that kind of stuff. It really is beautiful. And again, it's part of the reason why I think this 7-3 to final with a field goal and two safety from the Iowa Hawkeyes is, in my opinion, going to be my nominee for Big Ten game of the year. Most Big Ten-ish game of the year that we'll have all season. I think it was that kind of weird. And Iowa's got a lot to figure out. Just about everything, if you ask me, if you're going to have that kind of game against that kind of team. But again, it was just one game. And Iowa is favored against Iowa State this week still. And also, when Iowa does play Michigan in week four or on October 1st, I don't know if that's week four or week five, it's October 1st. As long as they're undefeated, which they will be favored in every game they play up until then, then Iowa's going to be a ranked team. And Michigan's going to be a ranked team. And then we'll have this conversation then. I, th I think that's the moral of the story, maybe, for today's episode and for the recap of these games from the weekend is kind of just that nothing I'm saying right now matters. As far as the actual analysis of what we're getting into here, it's one week. It's a really small sample size. And while there's definitely takeaways, 
it, there's a reason why we have these non-conference games in the Big Ten to start things off. So Iowa can have an absolutely awful game against the South Dakota State if it likes to and not have the blemish on its record just yet. So these games kind of serve that purpose. And in that sense, good job. Not losing, I guess. But it's not anything where, like I said, Ohio State, yeah, they didn't look great. But I don't doubt their ability to beat down on most Big Ten teams still. Iowa really didn't look great. But I don't doubt on their ability to be able to compete with every Big Ten team in that West still. Nothing's changed in that regard. But, yeah, yeah, definitely figure it out, Iowa, for sure. I'll get to my thoughts on all the other Big Ten games, not all of them, but the the ones that I thought were worth noting. There were a lot of blowouts, and a lot of teams really just took care of business as they were pretty much projected and supposed to throughout the weekend. But before we get to any of that on the show, once a reminder... Once again, a reminder, thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single weekday. Now that you're here, be sure to make uh, your second listen, the ultimate pro football preview. It's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season with local experts on the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets. Search for the ultimate pro football preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. As I said, most of the Big Ten teams had huge spreads going into their games over the weekend, and most of them pretty much took care of business. Impressive performance from Rutgers, have to give the Scarlet Knights their credit, came in as a seven-point underdogs against Boston College, and uh, played really, really well. I thought that this team looked exceptional just with what they were able to do on the ground game, of course. Uh, the final stats, let me look them up real quick here on the sheet. There they are. Kyle uh, Manangai, 19 for 78. Al-Shadi Salam, 5 for 53 and a touchdown on the ground too. Manangai had one as well. 212 rushing yards total. Uh, Rutgers won a team, won on the road as a seven-point underdog, a touchdown underdog. So this is a good start to the season, no doubt about it. I mean, as far as how great they can be. Boston College is not projected to be great in a weak side of their ACC. It was a good win to start the season for Rutgers, and I think they looked really good. They're going to be able to win a couple of Big Ten games. There's, I don't think uh, they're the by far worst team on that side of the Big Ten. But it was a really good win to start their season, and Again, they impressed. Just about every Big Ten team impressed, actually. Outside of that Ohio State game, uh, about everyone was about right at that spread, if not exceeding it, aside from Iowa, of course. So everyone pretty much beat the teams about by as much as they were expected to there. Uh, We'll get into actually how everyone did when we talked to people later on in the week. When we talked to them again, we had picks earlier last week on the show. Big Ten went undefeated on the weekend in non-conference games. That's something nobody actually got upset and of course the big win over Notre Dame is a big plus there too Uh, Nebraska did not look great at the start against North Dakota that was something you can't really really avoid talking about there because Nebraska is still one of the major talks of the Big Ten Um, they were able to 
close things out with 14 straight points in the fourth quarter, but still a lot to be figured out there in Lincoln. I'm a lot less confident, of course, after two weeks of seeing them play than when we were going into the season. So it's a rough place to be in if you're a Cornhuskers fan here after just one week or one week one, I guess. And for most teams, just one week of football, we've seen two less than impressive performances from the Cornhuskers and a pretty devastating loss to start the season too. I'll stop rubbing it in. That's about it for here today on Locked On Big Ten. Again, check in tomorrow. Anything that you need to know that goes on in the conference up until then, we'll of course get to you. We got some uh, college football playoff talk to get to as well. 12 teams. We'll see what we think about that. Try to collect our thoughts after a big, big breaking news story from over the weekend. That's going to be coming up tomorrow here on Locked On Big Ten. Again, tune in then. Thank you for making us your first listen now. Make your second listen. All the other Big Ten podcasts, they're good. They got good hosts. They're better than me. And you can go check them out and, of course, hear them here on Locked On Big Ten, too. Go check them out, subscribe, all that good stuff. And subscribe here, Locked On Big 10, not T-E-N, on the show, wherever you get your podcasts, on YouTube, and anything else. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. You're listening to Locked On Big Ten.